3-2 pitch. Hit toward third. Castro has it. Spins. Fires. A perfect game! Roy Halladay has thrown the second perfect game in Philadelphia. Line drive right center field. Base hit. Ground ball over the mound. Waiting for it. Monsey, he booted it. One runner's in. Here comes the throw. Everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Bell Smashers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. I'm Jen. And with us, Bill Haley today, uh, busy with the radio. It's crazy time around there. Uh, but with us today is a very, very special guest, if you can't see. It is Lehigh Valley GM, Mr. Kurt Landis. How are you doing today? Good. How are you two? Great. Thank you so much for coming on. My my pleasure. Anytime I get to talk baseball, baseball season's almost upon us. It's a great thing. So yes, we completely agree. <laughs> we are uh let's see, today is Wednesday. We are just under three weeks from our home opener. Um and just about just a, a hair over two weeks before we play our our opener on the road against the uh, Rochester Red Wings. So it's cold. It's blistery. As I look out my window, um, hard to believe two weeks, but I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, ready too. It's, uh, it's weird because, you know, we've had the shortest off season and uh, with spring training happening, you know, we have players that, won't be on the major league roster that will be coming down to either Lehigh or all the other uh, affiliates. So how do you, as a, as the GM of the Iron Man, how do you kind of handle that uh, situation? With the roster? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really not difficult from our end. Uh, I wish we knew who we were getting and when we were getting them. But that's our, our role is to kind of welcome the players we do receive with open arms and prepare them, uh, give them a very easy transition from spring training to the Lehigh Valley. 
Um, it's exciting. You know, there's been a lot of improvements in minor league baseball over the last decade and especially over the last few years. But uh, these guys come in and they transition very quickly into their own apartments now. Um, they spend a few days here at the baseball diamond getting kind of used to their new digs and, you know, the equipment, facility, learning the community a little bit. Uh, and it's now we literally just had a large renovation and some new construction here at Cook Club Park. So our clubhouses, our player facilities, uh, the medical training, strength and conditioning facilities and offices are, are quite honestly second to none. And in fact, they almost rival Citizens Bank Park to some degree because they're brand new and all the mm -hmm. technology that comes along with that. So it's pretty exciting. Um, we've always had a great ballpark and our facility is only 15 years old, but with the new requirements and guidelines for what you have to have at a minor league venue, we're probably the first team or first venue in the country to really have those done and, and ready for this April. So uh, the players that come here, I'm sure they'd rather be in Philadelphia, uh, but they're in front of a fan base that you know, despite us being 27th out of 30 in terms of the size of market in AAA, uh, last year we finished second in attendance. So they're used to playing in front of uh, large crowds. They have the best facilities. They're only an hour from Philadelphia. If you're to be a AAA player, this is the best place to be a, a AAA player. And we'll do our best to kind of help the guys be in a, posi be in a position to succeed and move back up to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, congratulations on that, by the way. You know, I yes. saw you all average 9, 000, over 9,000 fans per game, even though that's even more than the Coca-Cola Park can like seat. So can you talk more about that, like the work that you've put in to, to foster that kind of environment with the fans? You know, I, I think it started 15 years ago when we named our team. Um, we could have named our team the Lehigh Valley Phillies, which is obviously a, a great name, but uh, you know, we wanted to have our own unique brand and we wanted to be very bold and unique and creative and fun. And when you choose a name like Iron Pigs, not only did it pay homage to the, the local industry, we took pig iron, uh, which is a by making product of the steel process, turned it to Iron Pigs. But I just said, hey, this is going to be fun and we're going to be bold. And I think since then, our staff has accepted that challenge and we really created a brand that people said, oh, this is this is more than just a baseball game. And baseball is the core of what we do. And it's the heart of everything. But we really take a lot of pains and effort to make the experience here a lot more than just a baseball game. And that's really what's led to the success. It's taking care of the facility. It's focusing on fun, family, affordable entertainment. It's focusing on kids. It's immersing in the uh, environment that's extremely engaging. It's about having great fresh food and, and recognizing that the restaurant, we're the largest restaurant in the Valley. One house serves 10,000 people in two and a half hours. So you, you, you recognize you're an entertainment venue as much as you are a baseball team. And when you embrace both equally baseball and the entertainment, um, people have no reason not to come, even if you're not a baseball fan. Yeah, that's incredible. And 
I haven't made it out there yet, but I, I want to hopefully this season. And Jen, I have a ten Jen, wait a second, wait a second. What rock <laughs> have you been hiding underneath your entire life? I know. Well, Kylie and I actually both live out of state um, in the Washington, D.C. area. So that's part of it. But I won't let it be an excuse anymore. <laughs> and I'm bringing my 10-year-old nephew who loves baseball. And I know he'll have an amazing time. Okay. Well, great. Well, I look forward to hosting you. Thanks. you'll have an amazing time. I actually went to my first Iron Pigs game last year. And it... It's a beautiful area. I loved it up there. It's not only like a beautiful area outside, but inside I genuinely love the the ballpark. It's definitely one of my favorites. See, Kylie, now you're my favorite. Sorry. Jen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm coming to like 10 games this season. All right. That's that's the attitude I want to hear. I'll go to all of them. <laughs> I'm moving to Lehigh Valley. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, before we do continue, I, I did forget to mention this. We are brought to you by Fired Up Sports and Manscaped. They just released their hedge trimmer. Go check them out. Bell, use Bell Smash at uh, checkout for 20% off and free shipping. They got, a, they got everything out there. So just wanted to shout them out real quick. Um, but to, to continue, so you said you had to renovate the, the stadium this year with all the rules and, and the new regulations, how, like, were, when you had to handle, how did you go about handling that as far as from, from top to bottom with everybody trying to get everything done? It, it, it was a heavy lift because, um, it was a difficult, you know, minor league baseball coming off of COVID in 2020, you know, our entire season was canceled. So um, to have no, really genuinely no revenue for the entire 2020 season. And then in the very beginning of 2021, uh, in order to keep your professional baseball license and they maintain your affiliation, you know, all the teams had to sign. Um, and as part of that, agreement you had to create and provide for player facilities that were updated uh, so that all the minor league baseball system can be updated to be uh, improved upon which is needed there's a lot of facilities across the country like i said i don't think ours was in, in, in near the desire undesirable shape as as many others um, but it was difficult coming off of covid to raise those funds it, it's about having great partnerships in your local community we, we've developed those relationships over time and you're able to develop those relationships because you give back to the community through charitable contributions, through being a good partner. And so when you have a need like we did to raise funds for the ballpark renovations, you know, people recognize that it's not just about you and, and trying to run your own business. They recognize what you do in the community and how you help and support others. So when you have a need, uh, our community was there to help us. And it was a great partnership um, between ourselves, helping to fund those, as well as the state of Pennsylvania, uh, as well as Lehigh County, which is also our, our landlord. Uh, but we even had our neighboring county, Northampton County, support us with funds as well, because they recognize the impact we have on both the two counties here that make up the Lehigh Valley. 
and even our local chamber of commerce um, help support us because they recognize our importance and our support for the entire business community. So um, from that standpoint, you know, they were able to raise about seven and a half million dollars of funds. Uh, the Iron Pigs ourselves, uh, we've placed about $3 million of funding into the project and the project is about $10.5 million total. Now the Phillies, uh, to their credit, we had to get to the minimum facility standards and that was that $10.5 million number roughly. Um, the Phillies said, hey, we don't want this just to be the minimum. We want this to be an incredible experience for our players. And they came in and, and invested some additional dollars on top of that uh, to help put on some nice finishing touches that make this, um, again, not just doing the minimum, but wow, they've, they've gone above and beyond with um, literally the small things that make this facility walk in kind of your jaw drops a little bit. So it's been a great partnership among all the different parties. Yeah, I remember everything that, because I remember they had to do all the renovations and and all of that. And I remember saying, like, I really hope it gets done because the the Iron Pigs are, Lehigh Valley is really close to Philly. So it's not only for the, the players to be close to the to the team, but it the Iron Pigs themselves, I remember you guys would always do uh, stuff for the community and I would always see everything. And I was very, very happy to see everybody come together and see that construction happen. Yeah. I don't think it was ever a risk of us not doing it. it we've yeah. we've yeah. had great relationships, great people. Um, it's, it's a great market for a lot of different reasons. We talk about the, the fan attendance. We talk about uh, the passion that exists in this region for sports and for the Phillies uh, it's just a matter of, of trying to bring everybody to the table and, and work together. And, and we're lucky. I mean, we, we started immediately after we signed what they call the player development agreement. Um, and it still took us, you know, over two and a half years to really be in the position that we are now. And we're still trying to finish up construction with two weeks to go. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. And, and so there's teams that, um, because of financial reasons or because they don't have the relationships in their community um, or because they have to, to raise a lot more funds than what we had to raise. There's teams now that are, that are struggling to, to do that. Now, everyone's making good faith efforts, but uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to find those dollars, especially for teams that are uh, not successful with attendance or for teams that don't have the same types of relationships that we're fortunate to have. Or they just have so they have facilities that really need a significant amount of work. Some some teams have to build new ballparks, uh, yeah. so it's more cost effective than renovating their existing one. So it's it's been it's been a, again it's been a great partnership, and it's almost done. You know, it's it's exciting to have that ready, and it'll really help to improve the Phillies player system. Not only for us to have these improvements, but in, in Reading and Clearwater, uh, Lakewood, New Jersey, with the Blue Claws there. Um, but I'm also excited once this project's over in the future to be able to do things that reinvest in the fan experience. You know, now we have the best player facilities and we've brought those up entirely and then some. Um, and our ballpark is considered one of the best, most fan engagement ballparks in my baseball. But I think our goals are always to be number one. And, and, you know, what else can we do here to make it great for our fans? If it's new, 
attractions or party spaces. Um, you know, I, I, my staff makes fun of me. I want fireworks more often. We have fireworks shoot out of the scoreboard. We have flamethrowers. We have flamethrowers going off and we score runs. Uh, it's a real theatrical environment at the ballpark here. I, I love that. Um, and I do think it contributes to the overall experience and appreciate how thoughtful you and your team are with that. Um, and that's a little a, a good segue, I think, into my question. You know, a lot of our listeners were asking if you could just talk about your role in general. You know, you're the, um, the only GM in franchise history. So can you talk about what you do, how that might differ from a major league GM? Um, EXPEX Phillies on Twitter wanted to know if you can make trades. So things like that that folks are curious about. Well, I, I can only make trades. Like I'll give you a half pound of bacon in exchange for some, you know, <laughs> Chick-fil-A. No, you know, my, my role as GM is it's confusing because so many other, you hear the role GM and you see that in the newspaper of making trades with players. Our players are, are provided to us by the Philadelphia Phillies and they are employees of the Phillies. So we have, it's important to have relationships and we provide the team with their uniforms, their travel. We help with the housing accommodations and hotels when they travel. We really do almost everything for them except for pay their salaries and determine you know who plays first, who plays second, and who gets to play in Reading versus Lehigh Valley in, in Philadelphia. You know, my role is to make sure that the business of the ballpark is in order. So that's you know, merchandise, food and beverage, ticket sales, sponsorships, um, the marketing, the PR, those things that make the business successful here. But, you know, I, I tell people a lot, people ask what I do day to day. And besides making sure that other people do their jobs for us to be successful and stay on track to be successful, a lot of my job is just maintaining relationships. And that's trying my best with, you know, from our owners to Major League Baseball to Minor League Baseball to, um, Philadelphia Phillies, then our full-time employees, part-time employees, our sponsors, our fans. And sometimes those groups of people don't see eye to eye. Our full-time employees want something that our owners don't. Phillies want something that um, our fans don't want. So you're in the middle and trying to always um, not necessarily negotiate, but do what's best for all parties and represent everybody um, and still maintain a successful organization that's involved in the community. And you, you want to feel proud of our, our brand. Uh, so that's, that's kind of in a 60 second, two minute nutshell of what I do. But Yeah. Your, your elevator speech. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll trade you a pound of bacon for one of those bacon USA jerseys. though. <laughs> yeah. Those are People great. love our logos. People love our jerseys. You know, the, about uh, 10 years ago, we kind of nicknamed the experience at Coca-Cola Park as Bacon USA. And so now we have, you know, instead of season ticket holders, we have Bacon USA members. Uh, our jerseys, or a number of our jerseys have bacon. You know, you don't have too many teams that have a strip of bacon on the cap, which is, you know, a dead form of your of your mascot, you know, on your cap. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's fun and people laugh. And that's what, you know, we think the experience is about. And, uh, but we have a lot of fun with our promotions. They're very unique. It's a huge part of uh, what makes our brand uh, 
popular locally. I I absolutely love the the pig stuff and then the bacon. Um, Me too. Me too. I've I've been asking the admin of the the Iron Pigs store to get bacon pillows. <laughs> and that would be cute. <laughs> we used to sell. Um, I'm not sure why we don't any longer. We have clothes that smell like bacon. It was scratch and sniff uh, hats and scratch and sniff t-shirts. You'd scratch the bacon and smell like bacon. One of the most popular food items at the ballpark is the caramelized candied bacon on a stick, which yes. is pure, pure heaven to eat. Um, you know, I, I, my goal is to have that replace the hot dog at our ballpark. We're not there yet, but um, it, it's incredible. Pork is a big part of uh, our concessions menu, to say the least. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, you can always use some fun stuff with pigs. Anything. It's, it's on brand, literally. Right. <laughs> um, so on we've had Mark Appel and Derek Hall on this podcast, and we've read tons of articles of other players and Jose Alvarado specifically talking about it. And these are all players that have gone from the Phillies and then back to the pigs. And they have all said that they don't feel like it's a demotion. They feel like it's them just getting a different way of improving what they're doing and really honing in on a skill that they need to improve on. And first of all, I just wanted to say I appreciate that they that you guys are able to, to do that and make them feel like it's not a demotion. And I was just curious how you guys were able to do that um, with so consistently from what I've seen a ton of players say that. Well, I appreciate that. For starters, Mark Appel and Derek Hall are two all-time, you know, not only great players that have played here, but just good people. people. Yeah, we love, we love them. We love them. We've had every year, you know, we'll have 50, 60, even 70 different players come through the Lehigh Valley on in and out, different reasons. Um, and it was always you know, out of that, let's say 60 players, there's there probably a dozen that, and there's a lot of good guys and they're focused on their careers and their jobs and trying to improve. Um, but there's some people that come through that see things in a different perspective and understand uh, their, their career path and the game and how they relate to fans and, and their own personal brands. and. They have a better perspective sometimes than than others, and those two guys are amazing people and leaders on the team. Um, so it's good. It's you've talked to two good ones, but you know I, I think, and I, I started the show a little bit. Like you, you want this to be an environment that people are very comfortable with, um, that they feel welcomed. Um, I think it's always sometimes a little bit of natural awkwardness because you know there's business goals that that we have and that IRC with the front office and then there's player development goals that the team has and you try to work with each other and every once in a while there's something that comes up um, that's a conflict and you just want to have a relationship so that you can work with each other, help each other out, um, you know, maybe scratch their back, they scratch our back and inherently you're on the same team, right? You're really trying to help these guys improve and, and succeed regardless of wins and losses. You want, you want the guys to feel positive about their experience in the Lehigh Valley. So to the degree that we can help them in their career paths and 
and I'm not helping anybody learn how to hit better or learn how to hit a curveball. But, you know, in terms of, you know, there's some guys that really enjoy the environment and appreciate it. Uh, and it's, it's amazing too. Uh, those guys are, are recent, but it's fun when you hear from players that have come through here. And at the time they're so focused on their careers and are disappointed they're in AAA versus the majors or, and then when they look back on their career and they, they come through or you see them or talk to them and like, Hey, Kurt, you know, that was, that was the best ballpark experience I ever had. Or when I was there, I didn't, I, I kind of took it for granted because I wasn't focused on it, but looking back, um, that was the best year I ever played baseball. And those are the compliments that mean a lot, you know, to myself. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear people say all of that, not just from, because, you know, they're the, they're an affiliate of the Phillies, but just a team being able to handle everything like that and be able to keep that, can consistently keep that like uh, almost family dynamic kind of uh, from top to bottom is something that is really cool to see. And the Phillies have just been known for that for years. Um, you might not know the name Dave Montgomery or, or maybe you do, but Dave was the patriarch in my mind of Philadelphia Phillies baseball for, for 40 oh, yeah. years. And, and Dave was a guy that, New players by name, by first name. I don't know how he did it because the violent players that come through, new employees by first name. And, of course, it helped he'd been there for 40 years. But um, he really created a culture of family that existed within the Philadelphia Phillies. And it was sad um, he departed this, this earth. And, uh, yeah. and we, But he, he created that culture that I think still exists today within the Phillies about you know, family and taking care of each other. And, and that – that extends to the affiliates, the minor league affiliates, as well as the players themselves. Oh yeah, I think um, I can speak for all Phillies fans, and when we we recognize the impact that he had, absolutely. Yeah, he's that's not a name that is uh, that that's definitely a special name that a lot of people definitely, if they don't know it, should should know it because I remember I've heard tons of stories about him. All true and the most genuine person you've ever, you know, could ever meet. Yeah. I'm glad he was able to see that we can, that we have, wasn't he a, a huge part of getting the all-star game in Philadelphia back or something? Oh, you know, I think he was, I, you know, that all-star game's coming up. Now I think about 2026, yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. I think that was one of his last projects that he really spearheaded was, you know, ensuring that the all-star game returned to Philadelphia. I'm definitely going to go to that. Uh, Me too. Very very excited for that. Um, Haley did have a question, although she can't be on the show uh, this time. She said, who is, is there a player that has changed your outlook on the game? And if so, who? <laughs> or multiple, or yeah, or multiple. I mean, it's hard to say an individual player that has changed the outlook on the game. I, 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 this is my thirtieth year in baseball, um, so I have some players that I have a lot of appreciation for because I feel like as they came through the system, they had an appreciation for what you did as in the front office, and that was even if I was used to be a director of ticket sales before I was a GM. 
Uh, one of the first players I really gravitated towards was Sean Casey. Um, Sean then, you know, played professionally for the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. He was um, a personality for, I believe, for MLB Network when it was relatively new. Uh, he was kind of a mayor. You know, he, he would just come and sit in the front office and tell stories and just enjoy engaging with people. And uh, to me, that was somebody that, you know, at a, a much younger age, he looked at and said, uh, you know, how they meet and interact with people, regardless of your, your status or regardless of where you're at in life, that was impressive. Um, you know, I've picked up different things from players along the way. And just like you do from anybody, you know, you, you kind of remember what someone says, you know, you, you want to create, as, as I get older, you want to create, you know, a legacy for what we do here at the ballpark that your employees and your players, and especially the fans, you know, come to enjoy. Um, you know, there's been players along the way that I've appreciated because you can kind of ask for, for feedback and you'll get honest feedback that's helpful, um, which isn't always the case. But, you know, Mark Appel, Derek, are those two of those players, uh, Aaron Barrett last year was another one of those players who just retired. Um, you know, I, I think Andy Tracy, uh, who was one of our all-star players here the first two or three years, played very quickly, shortly with the Philadelphia Phillies, but had a uh, off again, on again, major league career, is now a AAA manager uh, in the Cleveland Indians farm system. Uh, Rich Thompson, who was an amazing story of a guy that was played in the minor leagues his entire life and finally got to play with the Phillies, I think back in 2012 for a little bit. Um, good people, good attitudes. I think that's what I appreciate and remember the most about some of the guys. It's almost so large of number of players. You almost have to look back at rosters and go, Oh yeah. You know that I remember this person because they were, they were a great human being as much as I remember what their stats were. Michael Franco, the guy's happy. The guy's just happy all the time. So you rooted for him. Um, anyway, I, I could go on and on, I guess, but uh, it's hard to remember everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of players. Um, but I, I remember Mike Health. He he was my cousin's favorite, and he was definitely one of my favorites when, when he was with us. So Yeah, agreed. One of our guys. Yes, for sure. Well, you, you spoke a little bit about, you know, your community events that you all have out there, uh, charity, fundraising work, things like that. So what plans do you have for this upcoming season um, in regard to just giving back to the community or in general, you know, things that looking ahead to the season, what sure. can we look forward to? It's funny. I just had today our we have a charity foundation called Iron Picks Charities. We meet quarterly with our board of directors, which is some of our staff, but it's also a large number of people from the community, including some of our, our sponsors. Uh, we just made decisions today. We're going to hand out about $60,000 in grants to local leagues and youth organizations to help help improve their facilities. Uh, in the fall or our late fall, uh, we handed out another $75,000 in grants to different local nonprofit organizations. And um, we do a lot of different things year over year, including hosting an event here at the ballpark before Halloween. And even though it's trick or treating, uh, it's for kids with different abilities 
different uh, mobility concerns, uh, maybe underprivileged kids, be it socioeconomically or, or with physical handicaps. That's really rewarding to have about a thousand kids here every year trick or treating. Otherwise, they wouldn't otherwise be able to trick or treat. You know, it's a safe environment. Accessible, you, you can't do that going up and down driveways and steps, trick or treating house to house. Uh, we also take each year as a staff, we go out and visit a league, a little league that might be in a, um, a difficult financial position or an inner city group, and we'll go out and renovate one of their baseball fields. And then what we'll also do is we'll, um, I say this jokingly, kidnap uh, a couple of teams. We'll go out to their field. <laughs> We'll surprise them. We'll pull up with a mascot and a, a bus, and we announce that we're removing their game from their little league field and doing it at Coca-Cola Park. Oh wow! It's you know to be wow. here. We give them uniforms. We announce their names. We have their their pictures on the video board. And this is all surprise to the kids. Uh, so to only not only to renovate their facility, but to actually bring the kids here for a game is a very um, proud community moment. So those are some things to do year over year, but you know, a lot of what we do is, is helping to support our community's um, needs as long as it fits within our, our charity's mission of um, youth and, and sports recreation, keeping kids active, especially for underserved populations. Uh, that's important to us. We actually, uh, I had to prepare for a, 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 an article that's coming out here soon and I had to go back and add up all the different contributions that we've given, cash contributions. And we're over $2.6 million in our 15 years that we've given back to the community. Um, Amazing. Wow. So that's something we're very proud of um, and excited yes. about. We'll be able to do that if it weren't for the support of the fans. I mean, for our 50-50 raffle, our different fundraisers we host here, um, it's our community that gives those dollars to us that we're able to give back to, to those in need. I love that. That's yeah. that's amazing. I I don't have any uh, minor league affiliates around me, and I know Jen in DC, you don't either. But uh, I definitely play You're little league. Far from Fredericksburg, right? The, the the Fredericksburg Nationals are aren't that far from DC or Bowie. See, I was thinking the Keys. I forgot they're not even an affiliate of the Orioles anymore. Like the Keys yeah, are affiliated, but they're still you know that's a good family entertainment. But the yeah. uh, but Fredericksburg is affiliated with the Nationals, and I think That's Bowie right. might be affiliated with the Orioles still. I'm not sure. They are. I didn't even think of that because I was I used to play little league, and if I was able to play in uh, any kind of stadium like that, that's that's really cool. That's a yeah. great idea. Once in a lifetime opportunity of that they'll never forget. Ever. It's, it's cool. It's extremely cool. I don't know how stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to see the kids' faces, um, it, it's impactful. It's very impactful. Absolutely. And every professional player was a kid once. So yeah. you might, you'll probably see some of those kids one day. Yeah, I, you never know. Uh, that's – I love that. Um, so the this past season, I believe, it, it's all jumbled up, uh, the lockout – um how did how was the how are the minor league teams affected and how did you guys kind of handle that um outside of the Phillies 
Oh, gosh. The lockout seems like so long ago. You know, it, that's what we were saying. <laughs> it was only, what, a year ago? I can't remember everything. That yeah, happened. it was. The, See? The, um, everything was delayed in the end, only a, a week, thankfully. But, you know, it's just that, that question mark. And it didn't really impact the minors because we were going to play our games regardless. But it impacted us in terms of people were just not thinking about baseball or not understanding that minor league baseball was still going to be played regardless. Um, you know, in the end, I'm not sure if it had a financial impact or not. I think it's hard because you, you don't want to see labor stoppage and you don't want to see bad blood in the news or pictures of the commissioner or the union chief going in and out of parking lots to meet in spring training facilities. Um, you know, we, we, we kept quiet. You have to in those situations and you just have to stay ready and prepared, um, be positive and, and talk about your upcoming season and the things that are, that are great about your venue, your ballpark and your experience. And that's what you do. And, you know, in, in many ways, we're used to not necessarily promoting the players because our players kind of come and go uh, within the year, year over year. So even though it's about the players and about the game to a large degree, um, it's not as critical as I think as the Philadelphia Phillies or major teams that the names are such a critical aspect. And we were going to play games um, and continue to have our brand of entertainment no matter which players were here. But just because it was a negative for baseball and people get frustrated because you feel there's millionaires fighting with millionaires you, know, you, you just want to see the best outcome for, for baseball because at some degree you want as many fans as possible um, even though you're not necessarily directly impacted by a work stoppage at that time. So hopefully there's there's peace in the kingdom for a long time. I think uh, I'll, I'll tell you I support a lot of the initiatives that have come up in terms of rule changes that make the game uh, a better pace, that make the game uh, more offensive. Uh, I, I've been saying for 20 years about, you know, making extra innings go faster. You know, I, I, I was suggesting to put, um, you know, to do a home run derby if we get past 10 innings. That's what I would like to. <laughs> so it's kind of like hockey. You have a shootout. You just forget the game and you have a shootout. It'd be the same experience, you know, and I don't mind giving two points for a win one point for a home run derby loss, you know, and zero points for a regular loss. To me, that just adds excitement to the game. And, and you have a lot of fans when a game goes over three hours, you have kids, you can't stay for the entirety of the game. But if it's a tie game or a close game, when you get to the end of the 10th inning, there's a chance to have a home run derby off. Um, that's excitement. And I think the sport needs to, um, you know, it's hard. There's, there's a lot of traditionalists. And when the sport's the same year over year, mm -hmm. yeah. it's easy to compare stats. And that's such a huge part of the game is talking about you know, comparing Mantle to Aaron Judge or, you know, whatever. But other sports do it successfully. You add the three-point line. You change the kickoff rule in the NFL. You have to reinvent your game to stay um, relevant. And these are very small things. And I hope there's more larger things in the future, but 
I'm all for it. And I think that's important to, to, to keep or to try to attract a, a younger age of fan. I was very curious about the, uh, the rule changes from Me too. a GM's <laughs> perspective. So that's, uh, it's interesting to see all the focus on it at spring training. And we've had the yeah. pitch clock here for five years, you know, so people are like, how's a pitch clock going to impact it? Well, just ask anyone that's been doing it for five years. You know, it's, it's been a very positive for the game. You see a huge change of pace of play, uh, more balls in play. Um, and and it, it takes two to three weeks for the players to adjust. Um, after that three weeks, you find the players enjoy it. So, Yeah, I think I definitely think that the only reason it's become an issue so far is because they're not used to it, especially with players right. that have been there for a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to my first Iron Pigs game last year, I did see the pitch clock and the game did go very fast. <laughs> it was a little over two hours. Now, there, there's... Um... 120 teams in minor league baseball. Uh, our our time of game in 2021 was three hours and 14 minutes, which is the, the slowest in minor league baseball. And last year, they actually enforced the pitch clock better. They were they were instructed to enforce the pitch clock in 2022. Our game time went from 3:14 to three, and we we're still the second slowest team in all of minor league baseball. The average wow. game time throughout baseball was about 244, I believe. And that's the right, you know, two, 235 to 245. I think that's the right pace. Um, so we're, we're getting there. But you you saw a fast game, but you, you still likely saw one of the slower games in minor league baseball when you were here. Whatever reason, we have more pitching changes here, I, I think, because the rosters have, have grown in size. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a better game, I think, for the consumer. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get. I just hope it doesn't like affect a game, cause a win or loss, as it's been seeing in spring training. But I do like it. People agree with that sentiment, but you can't have a rule that's different in the ninth inning versus in the first inning. Right. It's a rule, it's a rule, and you gotta abide by it. That makes sense. I hope it doesn't happen either, but it's going to. People, yeah. Players just have to get used to adjusting. It's a rule of the game, just like, uh, you know, holding or pass interference in the Super Bowl. Can't not, call it. <laughs> can't, not call it. can't not call it if it happens. I mean, yeah. because it's in the last two minutes. If it's a rule, it's it's a rule. Sorry, just... sorry. <laughs> there goes there goes our fan attendance. But <laughs> no, I will still be there. I promise. Yes, I'm still definitely going. Um, I loved going to the game. Uh, so do. Were, did you play baseball as a kid? Like, what got you into baseball and wanting yeah. to be the GM? And how'd you get here? Um, <laughs> like any kid, I was involved in, in sports. I I enjoyed it. It was a huge passion of mine. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but sports sounded really cool. I decided to do sport management uh, throughout my college. I did a number of uh, internships or, or practicums and. One of my final ones was with the Toledo Mudhens, Triple A team for the Tigers in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, I grew up in Ohio, and I found that I really enjoyed it, probably because they have great people there, and and you enjoy the environment that exists in minor league baseball and the creativity, the fun, uh, and part of it was because 
you know, more than other sports, I thought you had the ability to kind of put your signature on the game. And, you know, we have 18 different Broadway shows at the ballpark that last two minutes each between every half inning. And you know, other sports have a halftime or, you know, between periods, you can do the same. But baseball, because of the, the downtime in baseball, the casualness of it, um, you really have a chance to, 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 to kind of put your creative spin on the activity where I think in football or even basketball or hockey, you're very focused on the game and the outcome. Baseball, there's so many games, not that you don't want to see a winning team, uh, but part of the experience is much more than wins and losses, especially especially at the minor league level. So that attracted to, attracted me to the to minor league baseball. Uh, and here I am 30 years later. I like to say I started when I was five, but I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, D Hall is a fisher. Do you fish? Poorly and rarely, but I, <laughs> I, I, I have. <laughs> yeah. What do you, uh, what do you like to do outside of work? Well, this game requires a lot of my time and hours. I treat it almost like a hobby, unfortunately, which mm -hmm. is probably unhealthy, but, um, outside of here, you know, I enjoy spending time with my kids. Um, I coach, my, my daughter now is, is a uh, sophomore in college, and then my son's a, a junior in high school, and I still coach his, his rec basketball team every year. And uh, nice. to me, uh, it's a time that I have more time to spend with my, my kids in the winter and to be able to coach them. It's something I enjoy getting to know my kids better, but then they're friends. So that's the big part of my spare time. Otherwise, uh, you know, travel and, and see other ballparks and seeing friends. I love it. Family man. Oh. That's right. <laughs> One final question for me. Uh, when a major league manager is relieved of his position, does it affect the minor league system in any kind of way? Aside from the call-ups? You know, if you're referring to like the Girardi you know, I, I, it, that's because it's most recent, right? Um, I don't think in the middle of the year it impacts us. Um, I think there could be very, very small things uh, if, if a change, if that transition happens in the offseason or uh, for, for, for Thompson in this instance, if he had something that was very specific in his mind that he wanted to implement throughout the minor leagues. Generally speaking, you know, you're seeing that through the player development and, and player development really moves more, less because of what Rob Thompson wants or Girardi or you know, any manager. But there's more of a, a consultative look at how players are being developed. And different organizations have different philosophies, but they generally start to uh, think similar in terms of, you know, hey, throwing a weighted baseball you know, helps to reduce injuries before the game, or these are the, these are the activities to reduce injury or improve player performance. And, you know, now we have at the ballpark, a ton of cameras and angles because it all goes into the analytics. And there's almost so much information that managers have at their fingertips. Um, it becomes a difficult to digest because of the volume of information that's there. But you'll see teams that, you know, grab that information and some use it more, some use it less. But 
I think overall, when it comes as a specific manager dictating one thing or the other, there might be small things. Um, there was a manager at the major level that was really, you know, he wanted this type of food and this type of meal. And um, that was groundbreaking more 10 years ago than it is now. Now there's dietitians and nutritionists that travel with the team, even at the minor league levels. Uh, so there are some things, but generally speaking, I think it's more of a, a, a group collaborative effort within each affiliates or each major league team's uh, player development system as far as what they want the minors to look like and, and behave. And that does involve feedback from the, uh, the major league staff at times as well. Interesting. Yeah. I learned a lot in this chat with you. <laughs> and you haven't been to a game yet, Jen. It's just I know. a game how much more you're going to learn. I will. I will see you in the near future. Um, and my final question is just what else do you want to share with our listeners? Um, plug for the upcoming season besides me coming to several <laughs> games. You and all your friends. You know, I, for me, um, we want people to experience the ballpark, right? So buy tickets, <laughs> you know, but so much about us is the fun and unique goofy promotions. And that ties a lot into our merchandise. If you go to our store at shopironpigs.com, uh, you see the merchandise that we have. And we have so much fun throughout the year. We change our name from time to time and we feel we, we change our moniker and our identity. And those are things that fans really gravitate to. If we're changing our name to the to the stakes and fans vote if they want with or without, and then we come out with uniforms that have onions or don't have onions, you know, or uh, last year, you know, we became uh, wood or ice, not water ice, wood yes, or ice. Correct. That was our identity for a game where we were one year, uh, the Lehigh Valley John, J-A-W-N. So there's lots of things that we do. <laughs> Um, each year to kind of poke fun at ourselves or, uh, <laughs> or sometimes it's very serious, you know, if it's uh, supporting cancer, t cancer initiatives, or um, there's things that we do that are just fun in the community that uh, just make people come to the ballpark and laugh because it's Scrapple night. And we have hats that say, you know, Lehigh Valley Scrapple and a Scrapple logo and a little fighting piece of Scrapple. And there's, there's always something, different there's always something new and different um so we invite people to come see the experience uh we invite people to to shop the store without being too commercial <laughs> you know but uh it's been a pleasure to be on the show uh it's always fun to talk about the iron pigs it's fun to talk about baseball uh i wish you the best of success with the podcast hope to see you both at a game when you do please come up and say hi or let me know when you're coming we will absolutely yeah, absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely appreciate you coming on uh it's it's been a ton of fun i cannot wait to go to games there it's it was fun last year jen we're definitely going to go together it's we will yes. yes uh so thank you so much for coming on uh it's it's been fun <laughs> i'll save you a piece of bacon yay yes, thank please, you please. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to get that Bacon USA jersey because <laughs> that's the one I want. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Again, it's been, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you both.